Anybody grateful for Jesus? Can we give him a little shout of praise in this place today? Amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. What a song, what a decoration to sing. All his promises are yes and amen. If you don't know what we're singing, let me just tell you. His promises are found in his word. His promises are yes and amen for you. No matter what you're walking through, no matter where you're at in life, no matter how close you are or how far you may find yourself from God, his promises are still for you. They are yes and amen. They're filled with hope. They're filled with life. They're filled with truth. They're filled with protection. They're filled with grace. They're filled with the goodness of God for your life. You are the head and not the tail. He began a good work in you. He's going to carry it to completion. I can keep going on. I can just preach a message on this right now. I don't know, church, what we got to do to wake up. It's a little in here, but man, the Spirit of God is in this place. Amen. His promises for you are yes and amen. Just rest in Him. Find hope. Take courage. He's with you. Amen. We're going to jump right into this morning. I got a lot to cover as we finish this series this week. Anybody been thankful for this series on Joseph? Amen. We're finishing it today. I wish we had more time with it. I could keep covering this story, one of my favorite stories, but we're going to wrap it up. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis 45. Genesis 45, it's going to be on the screen, but as we get there, um, we're, we're, we're skipping a few chapters. We're skipping a few chapters. There's about five chapters in between here. Um, but let me just give you an update of where Joseph is at right now. So Joseph was in a pit, sold off to slavery by his brothers. Then he landed in Egypt. He was in Potiphar's house, a high official. While he was in that house, he was serving him faithful, faithfully. He was doing what he was, was called to do. He was serving him in the small because he knew God had great things in store for him. And then next thing you know, what happens? Temptation came his way, and Joseph fled from it. He ran from temptation. He didn't want it. But he landed in a prison. He landed in a prison. And in that prison, he was faithful once again. He was interpreting dreams just the same way as he did as he was a younger boy. And as he was in there, he interpreted two amazing dreams for two men. And as he did that, the one man landed in Pharaoh's home again. And he said to Pharaoh, as Pharaoh then had a dream. Pharaoh has a dream, and he says, I don't know what this dream means, but explain it to me. And he goes, I don't remember. I can't tell you, but I do remember somebody that can and he calls up Joseph, and Joseph is there. He's there. Now, Joseph tells the dreams that there's going to be seven years of abundance and seven years of famine in the nation of Egypt. It's going to be seven years of abundance, seven years of famine. So, hey, guess what? Pharaoh, you got to start preparing. And so Pharaoh's like, you interpret it. You're right. That's what we got to do. i got to find somebody that can do it. And Joseph's like, yeah, cool. And then Pharaoh goes, you're the man that's going to operate the show. Not only did you interpret it, now you're running the show. So Joseph was the man. He was running Egypt. He was preparing for what was ahead. He was doing what he was called. And guess who then arrives to Egypt? His bros, his brothers, his family, the ones that put him in the pit, sold him off to slavery. Guess where they're running to? Him. That's another sermon another time. But they are at Egypt now needing food because they're in the famine. So I've just paraphrased uh, chapters 42 and 43 for you. Praise God. Read them. Check them out. But now we land in chapter 45 today, and today's message is surrounding a word that I think is so powerful and so needed today more than ever. The word is reconciliation. Reconciliation, a powerful, powerful story here that shows what true reconciliation looks like. It's amazing. But let me, let me just say this, and we're going to read, I promise. Let me just say this about reconciliation. God is all about reconciliation. That is his commission, and we're going to get there. But let me just say something. We believe in God. We believe in Satan and this church. 
Oh, man, you believe in that too? Yes, we do. And let me just tell you something. Satan is not about reconciliation. Satan more than ever wants to divide. He wants to split. He wants to separate. He wants to cause anger, dissension, disrupt whatever can happen here for the kingdom of God. That who, that's who he is. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's what he's about doing. If ever today he's doing it, he's doing it today in this earth. I, it's, it's everywhere. Turn on the news. Check it out. Watch anything. Hear social media. Watch social media. Satan is running around this place, but thank God, I'm just going to give you the end. Thank God that we have a God that conquered the grave. He conquered the grave. He said, Christians, followers of Jesus, you don't have to live like that. Satan has no power. You are people of reconciliation. You're going to live reconciled back to me. Amen? So you with me? Genesis 45, we're going to read it. If you're there, say I'm there. Two of you. Are you there? Some of you are like, we didn't bring our Bibles. It's all right. It's going to be on the screen. Here we go. We're going to read uh, verse 12. This is what it says. You can see for yourself, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Joseph is now addressing his brothers. We're reading the end of the story at the beginning of this message. Joseph is addressing his brothers saying, hey, it's me, bros. It's me. The guy you're talking to right in front of you, the one that you threw in the pit, it's me. I'm standing here. He says, tell my father about the honor accorded me in Egypt and everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin, that was his youngest brother, and wept. And Benjamin embraced him, weeping. And he kissed all his brothers. Doesn't say some. Doesn't say the ones that didn't throw him in the pit. He said he kissed them all. He kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan. And bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. And you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also directed to tell me, do this. Take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings because the best of all Egypt will be yours. Pause. How crazy is that? These dudes threw their brother in a pit. They wanted to kill him. Then they sold him to slavery. Now they're in Egypt in front of him, and Pharaoh's telling his brothers, because he sees how impactful Joseph is, how Joseph has reconciled, weeping over his brother. He said, hey, yo, bros, leave all your stuff at home. I got better stuff for you. The kingdom here has got better stuff through reconciliation. Nobody else? Just me. Okay, cool. I'm just going to keep reading because it's awesome. So the sons of Pharaoh did this. Joseph gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he, th he gave new clothing, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father. Ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they were leaving, he said to them, don't quarrel on the way. <laughs> I love that. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. We promise, God, to just be people, to strive after to be people of reconciliation. God, bless this word. Thank you for this amazing story of Joseph. We trust you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. There's beauty and power in reconciliation. Amen? There's beauty in it. I mean, that, to me, that story is amazing. Just the whole story of Joseph throughout the book of Genesis, it's crazy to see what happens from the beginning to the end. This is the end of the story, close to the end of the story. And now Joseph and Pharaoh are sending his brothers back home to come back to Egypt to live in a land that is filled with abundance. 
just mesmerizing and amazing how beautiful the story of reconciliation is in Scripture. Reconciliation is much more than just saying sorry, though. We know this, right? Sorry is easy. But the work that comes with reconciliation, that's where it gets a little tough. Reconciliation takes effort. It takes time. It takes laying aside our lives for the life of someone else. Did you catch that? Reconciliation's hard. It takes time. But it's laying aside our lives, our agendas, our thoughts, our raising, our upbringing for somebody else's life. Me and my sister growing up, we were at each other all the time. She was my little sister, and I loved her to death, but man, we went at it. She was a little five-foot-nothing Italian girl that just had a fire in her, and she needed to be put out sometimes. Amen, you know what I'm saying? Me and my brother just had to take care of her sometimes. Never hit my little sister. My dad would kill me. However, there was times where we would be neck and neck at each other, screaming. We weren't siblings. We looked, we looked like we didn't even relate to each other, belong to each other. We were fighting that much. And my parents were at their end with us. They said, Jay, you're the older brother. You should be the one to be the bigger brother. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. She needs this. She needs me to teach her. They're like, no, she doesn't. She needs us to teach her. And I was like, you're right, but I'm still going to teach her. They're like, listen, you guys are fighting constantly. What do we have to do? And I said, I don't know. Bend her over, spank her. I don't know what you got to do to fix her. I'm good. I'm an angel. That wasn't the truth. But there was a time when my dad had enough. And he said, yo, while we were screaming at each other, sit down. We sat on a couch. He said, look at each other in the eye and say you're sorry. And you all know us. We weren't going to look at each other. The first one to give in was me. I said, I'm sorry. And she says, I'm sorry. And he goes, and then I was like, good, because that's the easy part, right? Saying sorry. So I was like, I'm good, right? Let's go outside. Let's go have fun. We were young. Let's go play, do whatever. Start this all over again. He said, no, sit your butt down. I said, what? He said, sit your butt down. He said, put your hand out. Put my hand out. He said to Alexis, put your hand out. She put her hand out. We put our hands together. He said, lock hands. I said, lock hands. What is going on? Are we about to pray? Like, what's happening? He said, sit there. Hold each other's hand and think about what you've done. I said, we're going to sit here for how long? He said, till I tell you you're done. I said, all right. You're the man of the house. Cool. Two hours. We sat there. First 20 minutes, we didn't say a word to each other. We were so mad. You know, I was squeezing her hand harder. She was digging her nails into my hands. You know, that kind of processing through this stuff. But you know what happened? We walked away from that moment. I remember it vividly because this was a moment I remember that me and my sister come, came to the resolve. We were reconciled and said, I'm done fighting with you. I don't want to sit here for another two hours of my life. But more importantly, I'm done fighting with you. My dad and mom knew that it was going to take some effort. It was going to take a little bit of a challenge. It was going to take some hard stuff to get through that. We sat there for two hours. We had some hard conversations. Well, why do you talk to me like this? Why do you treat me like this? I'm a little sister, and you treat me like I'm six. Well, I'm the older brother. You should have some respect for me. The stuff that we all have conversations, you can relate to this even today. And we sat there, and we held hands. And my dad came in. He said, are you guys good? Do you feel like you're good? I said, we're good, Dad. He said, now go. Love each other. Live with one another. Care for one another. Be reconciled. Enough of this nonsense. Enough of this garbage. Enough of this fighting. This isn't who we are. And he said something. This isn't who we are as followers of Jesus. And I was like, wow. 12 years old, sitting there. 11, 12. Like, this is such a practical but important, powerful lesson in my life. Reconciliation is vital. It's vital. Reconciliation is defined as this. Webster. Brilliant. Love it. 
It says this, it's the action of restoring a friendly relationship or the actions of making one's belief compatible with another. Restoration and compatibility are within the word of reconciliation. Restoration and compatibility are within that definition. However, the root word of reconciliation, does anybody know? Don't say it if you do, I don't want to mess up. Conciliation. You know what conciliation means by Webster? Preventing or helping someone not become angry. That's the root word of reconciliation. Striving, wanting, helping somebody else. It doesn't say yourself. I was reading that, and I'm like, why doesn't this say helping me not become angry? Because reconciliation is always about somebody else. Oh, it's always about somebody else. It's helping someone else not get angry. Reconciliation in the original Hebrew. Oh, JP's pulling out Hebrew. Yes, I study that. You're welcome. Not always, but sometimes. It's kafar. You're like, what? It means this. In the original text, in the original context, it means this. To forgive, purge away, and be merciful to others. Once again, it doesn't address yourself. It says to forgive, to purge away, to push away hate, anger, resentment. It means push away and to be merciful to others. To be merciful to others. Today, more than ever, reconciliation needs to fall on this earth, on our nation, in this city, within homes, within relationships, because I said it at the beginning, Satan is looking to devour us. He's looking to devour this nation. He's looking to separate as many people as he possibly can. He's wanting to put wedges upon wedges upon wedges in between people so that this world can look around and go, look how jacked up, messed up, crazy this world is. Nothing can fix this. I'm just going to do me. And guess what happens? When we start to focus on me, what does it say? We're forgetting what reconciliation means. We're forgetting what the definition of it is originally. What it, was, what it was sent originally to say was to be merciful to others, to reconcile with others. We need to step into the world and show true reconciliation. We need to stop yelling. Can I say this? If you're a follower of and I've said it before, if you're a follower of Jesus, stay off social media. Everyone doesn't need to hear your agenda. Oh, I learned this lesson one time. We don't need to go there. That's my wife. She'll tell you. I should have listened to her. She's a lot smarter than me. But I learned the lesson one time. Everyone doesn't even hear your opinions. Keep them to yourself. Because guess what? It's not doing anything. If anything, it's just causing more wedge, more division, more hate. We got enough. Oh, JP, this is a hard message. It is. But it's the reality of what God's word tells us to do. No more protesting just to protest. No more shouting just to shout. How about we go and stand up for the voiceless? How about we go and stand up for the orphans and the widows and the oppressed? How about we go and stand up for those that are in need? You can say amen. If you go to this church, this is what we're about. Newsflash. Nothing else. We're about that. Reconciling people to people. But more importantly, people to God. People to Jesus. Because he's the only one that can reconcile. We need to start sitting across from others, having conversations with others, maybe the ones that necessarily don't agree with us, that don't like us, that don't fit in our bubble. Pop the bubble. If you're a follower of Jesus, pop your bubble. Get outside the bubble. See people for who they are. See the pain inside of them. See the hurting inside of them. Because guess what? I don't know what that is. We were all there. 
we're all still there. We're the same way. The good news is, is we found Jesus. Jesus found us. He grabbed a hold of us. And they need the good news. Reconciliation is possible when we lay down our lives like Jesus instructs us to do. It's possible. We get the picture of God's heart for people. You know, if you cut open God's heart, this is just how I, my brain works. If you just cut open his heart, well, he doesn't have a heart. He's not there. Yeah, whatever. Okay? <laughs> Judge me. If you cut open God's heart, guess what will be flowing out of it? You want to know? People. From every race, from every nation, from every generation, every socioeconomic place, diverse. He is cutting his heart open. There's people flowing out of him. You want to know where? Like, God, give us your heart. We pray for that all the time. God, give me your heart. Guess what his heart is? For people. His heart's for people. So if we want his heart, you better be for people. Well, I just can't talk to, to Mark next to me in the cubicle. Don't really relate to him. No, you're a follower of Jesus, and you have the Spirit of God. You better be able to relate to everybody. You better be able to just love everybody. It's not like, oh, I, no, I can't talk to him. Don't really, we don't, we don't really see eye to eye. No, you see him the way Jesus sees him. You see the way Jesus sees him. And you say, enough's enough. I'm going to go talk to Mark. I'm going to bring Mark a cup of coffee. I'm going to ask Mark how his family is because I see the little picture on his desk. I'm going to ask for the spirit of wisdom to come over me to say something to him that he needs to hear or she needs to hear or whoever maybe needs to hear. Enough's enough of this. Well, I'm just going to live here. This is just me, my zone, my safe zone. I don't want to reconcile with anybody. I don't want to, nope, 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 nope. No, Jesus says enough's enough. And if Joseph can show us a story of brothers that threw him in a pit, wanted to kill him, sold him to slavery, he landed in prison, and he says, hey, bros, it's me, and weeps over them, then what in the world are we doing? Reconciliation releases resentment. Reconciliation releases rage. Reconciliation releases rivalry. Reconciliation releases regret. Reconciliation releases. It releases us. Best news? Reconciliation releases love. Well, that's not an R. Judge me. Because that's the best news. Reconciliation releases love. When you get reconciled with people, when you start to make relationships right, when you start to say, hey, listen, I'm sorry, and I want to work towards this. I want to fight for this. I want to be better for this. I want Jesus to give me the love that he has for you because I love you. It releases God's love. And more than ever, this city needs God's love. Your workplaces needs God's love. Your schools need God's love. We need it. We need it. As a follower of Jesus, reconciliation will be hard, but it brings healing and is a direct command from heaven. Three things that I just want to cover, and we're going to pray and take communion. Is this encouraging? First thing is this. Reconciliation is hard. Reconciliation's hard. I'm not going to sit up here and I'm not going to lie to you and be like, reconciliation's so easy. If you're that type of person, I would love to go have coffee with you and realize how easy it is. Because I don't see that all the time. It's not easy. Anybody else? It's hard. 
to go to somebody, to, to reconcile a difference, to say, hey, I'm sorry, let's process, let's talk, let's work through this, let's fight for each other, not against each other. Let's work this. It's hard, right? Jump back to ver- chapter 42, if you have your Bibles. Show something. It shows something when Joseph's brother shows up. It shows how hard it is. It shows how hard it can be, no matter who it is, your boss, your coworker, your friend, your spouse, your brother, your sister. It can be hard. Verse four, chapter 42, verse 7 and 8 says this. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. This is when they first arrived to Egypt. He recognized them. He saw them. But he pretended to be a stranger. And he spoke harshly to them. Where did you come from? Well, we came from Canaan. Well, why did you come here? That's how Joseph is talking to his brothers in my head. Why did you come here? Well, to buy food, sir. We're here because it's the famine. We need some food. Is that why you came here? Yeah, that's why we're here. We need food. We're in trouble. Okay, that's why you came here. Then he remembered his dream about them and said to them, nope, 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 nope. You didn't come here to buy food. You're spies. I read this and go, Joseph, are you messed up, bro? Like now you're accusing your brothers of something you know they're not? I'm trying to preach a message on reconciliation and you're really messing it up here, Joseph. You're blaming them to be spies and they're not spies? Bro, what are you doing here? Literally this week I read that and I go, why was Joseph so mean to his brothers? This is reconciliation. I'm telling you all the things that we need to do. And he's there now speaking harshly and he's telling them, you're spies. What are you doing here? You want to know why? Because Joseph's human. And guess what kicks in? Emotions. Emotions. Emotions are very bad. They're good, but they're very bad. Emotions can destroy us. And Joseph right here shows us, man, he was filled with emotion. He loved God, but guess what? His emotions started to come up. The moment he saw his brothers off in a distance, imagine what started turning in his head and his heart. Oh, my gosh. These dudes, these dudes have the audacity to come to my kingdom now. They threw me in a pit. They sold me. They told my dad I was dead. They have the gall to come and stand here right now because they need food. See, this is just how I read Joseph's story. Maybe this is how I would put myself in the story, thinking, man, these dudes should have no place coming here. They should be in prison. They should have experienced the 20 years that I had before I landed here. Because it wasn't all roses and butterflies. I just didn't have a dream. The next day show up to the, to the palace and the next day show up. And you, no, he had a long journey in this. My brother should experience this. Emotions kicked in. Emotions stepped in. But guess what? Reconciliation still calls out. It still says, hey, it's going to be hard. Emotions are going to try to get a control of you. But guess what? You live by the spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is all about reconciliation. And so when the moments of the flesh start to rise up, when you start to feel like, man, I can't forgive them, I can't tell them that I'm sorry, they've done too much to me, they've hurt me too much, guess what you have to do? Jesus, help me. I want to be reconciled. I want to, I want to restore this relationship with them. I no longer want to fight with them. I no longer want to be at ends with them. Help me, Jesus. Put my emotions in check. I release it to you, Jesus. I give it over to you, Jesus. Please, Jesus. And guess what the word says? When we call upon the name of Jesus, 
he comes and he moves. Reconciliation's hard. It's very hard. The pain he must have felt later on in chapter 42, they start talking to each other, the brothers, because Joseph accused them of being spies and then says, hey, I'm going to throw you in jail. I'm going to throw him in jail. Go ahead and throw him in jail. And they're like, man, this is what happened because we hurt our brother. Now, Joseph is speaking through an interpreter because he's not supposed to know their language, right? He's born in Egypt, so he's supposed to be speaking Egyptian, whatever it's, whatever it's called. Nailed it. But he's speaking through an interpreter now. And so they don't think that they, he can understand what they're saying. And they're there going, holy cow, this is because we messed up years ago. We threw our brother in a pit. Oh, my goodness. This is why we're going to be messed Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. And then Reuben, his one brother, says, I told you so. Don't you love the people that tell you I told you so, even though he's a part of it? Reuben needed to be smacked. But Joseph goes and runs out of the room because he can't handle it anymore. And he weeps. He weeps over it. You know what reconciliation does? It sometimes causes you and makes you want to go to a room and it makes you want to get on your knees before God and weep and say, man, God, I can't do this. This is too hard. Man, my parents divorcing, the the things that I'm walking through, that stuff is too hard. But you know what, God, I'm going to weep in your presence. I'm going to be filled up in your presence. I'm going to step out when you fill me because I don't want to go until you fill me. Reconciliation's hard. But Joseph had to fight the emotions. Second thing is this. Reconciliation always heals. Amen? Reconciliation always heals. Genesis 45. Let me just read it for you. I know we're covering a lot of scripture. It says this, verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out. Now Joseph just had this interaction with his brothers. His brothers are back again in Egypt. They bring Benjamin back, because that's what Joseph said. Go home, get your younger brother, brother, bring him back. I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing a lot of stuff. Read the Bible. It's good. So now they're there again before him. And Joseph is overwhelmed. He's, he's like, I got to reconcile with my brothers. I got to do this right now. And he begins, and he says, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him. Because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. Reconciliation brings people close to you. Those far from you, it'll bring people close to you. Bring them back to you. Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now you do not need to be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it, is, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. There's no need to be distressed any longer, brothers. What happens, happened. What's done is done. But guess what? We're here now. We're here today for a reason. And that reason, I believe, this is just how I paraphrase it. The reason I believe is because we need to get reconciled. We need to get right. Come. Come close to me. And Joseph weeps over his brother. He weeps over his brothers. He says, I I forgive you. I forgive you. It's okay. What's done is done. And guess what? It healed them. It healed him. He healed a whole family. We just read the end. Joseph sends for his brothers to go back home. Bring my whole family here. Pharaoh says, bring the whole fam. Get them back over here for you. It healed an entire family. It healed an entire generation. It reconciled an entire generation of people. It reconciled a nation. Imagine, just imagine if we just put ourselves aside for a second, our little, uh, I got to share it with the world, and just say, you know what? 
I just want to share Jesus with the world. I'm reconciled back to him. I just want to share it with the world. And imagine, just imagine how many people will start to come close to you, how close you'll be able to get, how you'll be able to speak truth, how you'll be able to speak life, because reconciliation always heals. It always heals. This nation needs to heal. This world that we live in needs to heal. There is hate upon hate upon hate, and I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. Like, don't ask, my wife knows. I sometimes watch the news and I turn it off and I go, I can't do this anymore. This is so, Satan is just, man. And then I read this and I go, no, my God is still faithful. My God is still good and my God is all about reconciling. No matter what color they are, no matter how much money they have, no matter what's been done to them, God is gonna reconcile people back to his heart. There's an amazing clip and we're gonna show it. We're almost done. There's a clip that I saw, and I know these guys. I've met these guys. I've talked to these guys. It's a powerful story. It's a powerful story. Just check it out for a second. What's our excuse? I mean, I sat. They were at all of that and did a chapel this spring, and I sat with them afterwards for a while. And We may have them come here and speak one time. We've talked about it, and they're incredible. But I... I sat there and I was like, why isn't this story told time and time again? Why doesn't the news air this every single day? Why don't people talk about this stuff? You want to know why? Because it's too good. It's too good. It doesn't sell. doesn't get high ratings. But that's kingdom work. I mean, I, reconciliation always heals. A dude was thrown in prison for four years. His son was next to him while he got, when he came out. And he, they saw each other in a park when he was out four years later. His son was with him, Jamal's son. And he walks up to the cop and he said, I wanted to hit him so hard. I was like, dude, rightfully so. You had every right to. But you know what the Spirit of God said to him right then in that moment? He said, love him. And the police officer said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it wasn't just sorry. Now it's, let's go work together. Let's go do life together. Because reconciliation heals. That's just person to person, but imagine if we put this much effort into a marriage, into a family, into relationships. What could be healed? The last thing is this, and Jordan's going to start playing. Reconciliation is a command from heaven. It's not because I'm saying it and this is what Joseph's done. No, it's a command from heaven. Well, you're reading an Old Testament scripture. Yeah, I am, but guess what? The New Testament has a lot more to say about it. And in Galatians, and sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, 16, and the message version, it says this. Because of this decision, talking Jesus dying on the cross, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah, Jesus, that way once, and we got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life begins. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called for us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through Jesus, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. We're Christ's ambassadors. 
God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and to enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already friends with you. That's a lot of scripture, JP. Yeah, but let me just say what it says here. You've been reconciled to the Father this way. If you're a Jesus, if you've accepted Jesus, if you've received Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been reconciled. Sin no longer has a hold of you. Death no longer has a hold of you. Now guess what happens? It's not just this anymore. It's this. It's this. He's more concerned about this. He says, hey, you're going to stay on the earth. It's not like we receive Jesus and poof, we're taken up into the clouds. That would be awesome. But it doesn't happen. He says, no, I'm going to leave you on the earth. I'm going to keep you here because you got a purpose. you got a call. you got a reason. So guess what? You're going to have to start reconciling with some people. You're going to have to start telling people, stop the nonsense. Stop the fighting. Stop the garbage. Jesus has more for you. It's his command. It's his call. Reconciliation. Reconciliation is pure. It's love. It's amazing. It can change a family, a generation, just like this. So I want to pray over you. Is that all right? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for such a powerful reminder this morning of how beautiful reconciliation is, God, that you reconciled us back to you, Father. Through the cross and through that empty tomb, Father, by your spirit, Father, we can walk in your truth and in your love and in your grace, pointing people to you, Jesus. Father, I just pray a release of heaven upon each and every person in this room, God. No matter what their challenges are today, no matter what they're walking with, no matter what they're holding on to, the bitterness, the rage, the resentment, the offense, God, I release it by your Spirit's power. Wash over this room. Each and every person is here for a reason to hear this, God. So God, reveal the things in them that they just need to let go and let you be God. I want to ask two questions with every head bowed and every eye closed. The first is this, the most important thing. Maybe there's somebody in the room, I, I don't know. I don't know everyone's story. But you need to get reconciled first and foremost back to God through Jesus. If you said, you know what, I, I've been following him, or, you know, I've never just fully surrendered my heart. I don't even know what that means, but I'll give it a shot. All he says is just come faithful to him. Believe in your heart that he is Lord, and he will reconcile you back to his heart. If you're in the room and you said, you know what, I've been walking away from him. I want to get back with him, and I need to be reconciled. On the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up. Be reconciled back to the Father, the pure loving, kind Father. One, he loves you. Two, he died for you. Three, he wants to live eternity with you. If you need to be reconciled back to the Father, slip your hand up. Amen. Amen. He sees you. He knows your heart. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The second question is this. Maybe you need reconciliation to come over you for a relationship, for a family member, for, for somebody at your work, or whatever the case may be. You want to live as a people of reconciliation. If you're in the room, on the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up in agreement with heaven, not me, with God, to say, I want to live in this beauty. I want to honor your command. I know that reconciliation can heal. If you want to be a part of his work of reconciliation, slip your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Keep them up. No one's looking. No one's looking. And I'm going to pray. Jesus, we thank you, Father, for each and every person that slipped their hand up. God, you know what's going on in their lives. You know what needs to be reconciled, Father. You know marriages, relationships, 
uh, brother to brother, sister to sister. God, you know what needs to be done. Father, I just pray, God, that you move mountains, that you restore, that you heal, that you pour out your grace and your mercy and your love on people. Jesus, I pray that we will be people that say we are sorry, that we forgive, God, that we let go, God, and that we do the hard work of reconciling us back to each other and pointing people back to you. So God, help us. Help us to be the change in this city, in this world, in this nation, oh God. God, we love you. We adore you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.